0: Good morning. Morning. Oh, it's good to be here, isn't it? Watching my three kids through the song service is sometimes overwhelming, but it's sometimes joyful at the same time because, uh, you don't know what they're going to (laughs) do, but when they do something, uh, that makes you like, oh, that's, it, it makes you joyful and happy, um, and we're in the house of the Lord, and um, yeah, you, c- you can only be joyful in the house of the Lord, right? Uh, and children make me joyful a lot, so, and sometimes the other opposite of it, but it was good to see him this morning, just listen to the songs, sing the songs, and um, if you heard Beatrice um, when Cody was praying and getting to the communion song she was singing Jesus loves me um, and she, she uh, combines the verses so she was like Jesus loves me and Jesus died for me and all that so I was like it, it fit perfectly going into communion which was a lovely uh, to hear those words from a child is, um, is good and she sings it often um, I'll be you know cooking and I'll be hearing her singing in the other room and it's, it's a joy If you had, everybody got that piece of paper, I hope you're going to use it today for something. I hope you have a writing utensil. But if you don't, you can think about it and put something on there later when I talk about what's going to go on that paper. But I want to read this verse to you. Um, If you're on the Facebook page, I shared it earlier this week. But Psalm 5, verse 8, the psalmist writes Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Today, I think that should be our prayer. Lead us into your righteousness. Make your way straight before us. So that hit me today, this week. Um, I shared it on Facebook, but when you're reading through the Bible together, some of you made a commitment. There's a, a list back there that has about 32 names on it. And Bev added her name today, so don't forget Bev added her name today. We're reading it together. Encourage somebody, if you read something in that, what you read today or yesterday or whatever, in the future coming weeks, share it with somebody. Because it'll encourage us all to just build each other up in our faith um, as we grow together in the, in the study and reading of God's Word. Um, I learn something new every time I read it. Sometimes I'm like, I read this story since I was like three but I haven't caught that. I haven't mentioned, or I haven't saw that before. So, share it with somebody, because it's interesting what people will share. You know, Sometimes it's like, I never saw that either. Thank you for sharing. So, anyways, the piece of paper. Can everybody hold it up? We were supposed to have our Not a Fan last book discussion last Wednesday, but the snow made us cancel it. So this Wednesday, we'll be finishing Not a Fan Book study discussion at the Parsonage. If you, who has the old book? I have the old book. doesn't have the new chapter, 15, okay? So the new chapter in 15, it talks about being a follower of Jesus, my true identity. And it says in that chapter, if you were given a name tag, I didn't have the name tags, that's a hello, I am, that's why I gave you the piece of paper, Okay? So, if you, pi- if you pick those up at a gathering, a meeting, you put, hello, my name is Keith Mitchell, right? That's what I would put. But Kyle Eidelman says, what if the person handing those out said, you can't put your name? What would you put on there? Hello, I am so-and-so. And I can't put Keith Mitchell, so what would I put? Some of the first thoughts would be, I am a husband, I am a father, I'm a minister of the gospel. Those are some of the things I would put, okay? Those are the first thoughts. So, what would you put on that piece of paper? If it's a name tag and you were at a gathering and they said, you can't put your name, what would you put on it? Hello, I am so-and-so. Again, in the chapter it says, when you were growing up or even now, some, some might say, hello, you are, people say stuff about you, right? Hello, you are this or that, okay? So that's the piece of paper. Think about what you would put on that piece of paper if you can't put your name on it. Now, three questions for you. Have you ever wondered what it would have been like to grow up as a sibling of Jesus? Have you ever thought of that? If Jesus was your older brother, how would you have treated him? Think about that. Would you have believed that Jesus was the one who would save his people from their sins? If you were a sibling of Jesus. Our new sermon series, you see it on there, is going through the two New Testament letters written by James and Jude. And they were Jesus's half brothers. Jesus was the older brother. James and Jude, if we had them standing right here with us today, what kind of responses would they have given us to those three questions? If we said to James and Jude, How was it growing up with Jesus as your older brother? How'd you treat him? Did you believe in him that he would save his people from their sins? What would we get from James and Jude? That would be quite an experience, wouldn't it? If James and Jude were standing on this stage with us and we asked those questions to them and we got their responses, unfortunately, we can't do that, right? We can't bring them back from the dead and have them standing here. But we do have... Letters they wrote to believers. Pray with me before we get into James and Jude today. God, thank you for this time. It would be an amazing experience to have James and Jude with us in person. But we can't. So Lord, I ask you to lead us and guide us into truth today, into your righteousness. Help us to learn from James and Jude, these half-brothers of Jesus. Their letters they wrote are powerful. They've been in existence for quite a while. So help us to learn and grow as followers of Jesus. And if we're not following Jesus Help James and Jude to encourage us to follow Jesus today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, some things have been mentioned about James and Jude. I want to read some to you. The epistle of James is one of the most practical books in the Bible. Another writer said James is the Proverbs of the New Testament. I wrote this one. James is a full of practical gems of that help us in living life, the life of faith. The book of Jude, the subject of the book of Jude, is extremely serious and must be carefully studied. Another writer, Jude reminds us that not all beliefs or choices are of equal merit. Some beliefs are right, and some beliefs are wrong. Last writer I read, Jude has been called the most neglected book in the New Testament. So I picked these two letters for a reason. I think I mentioned it last week. We had the birth of Jesus. We've talked about that a lot. But let's talk about his brothers. And what did they write to believers everywhere? That's why I study these books. And also, I mentioned, or I was contemplating on what verse to introduce these two characters and these letters that they wrote and i can only go back to jesus and what he said in matthew 7:16 and verse 20 and 12:33 he says to his listeners jesus said by their fruit you will recognize them and a tree is recognized by its fruit followers of jesus should be recognized by the fruit they produce in their life James and Jude share some of these fruits that they possessed and grew into. If we say we are followers of Jesus, we should be recognized by the fruits that we bear. So I ask you this question. What type of fruit are you producing? What type of fruit am I producing? James and Jude, I hope, will guide us into that and think about these fruits that we should be living out in our faith. Go with me to Matthew before we jump into James and Jude. Matthew chapter 13, Jesus says this parable to his listeners. You probably heard it, maybe, I hope. You know, it's one of those stories, again mentioned earlier, that I've probably heard since I was in the womb. But Jesus teaches a parable about the sower, What does the sower do? He goes out and sows seed. He just sprays it around, right? He throws it on the ground. And where does some land? Some land on the path. Some land on the rocky places. Some land on the thorns. And some land on good soil. Four types of soil, right? And then you may ask, what does that have to do with anything? Here's why. Verse 18. Here we go. Verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word, understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Four types of soil. Four types of people. They hear it, and what do they do with it? James and Jude is going to help us to listen to the word and hopefully understand the word and hopefully land in good soil to produce 160 or 30 times what was sown. And what did Jesus say from earlier I mentioned that I talked about? They will know you by your fruit. So, James and Jude is going to help us a lot. Now, today, you see that. How many verses are we covering today? How many? Three verses. And who's read James and Jude before? Okay, all of you, I hope. I hope. Now, the first verses of letters, what do you get? Their name, the people they wrote to, and a greeting. That's all we're going to cover today. You thought you were going to get a three-hour sermon, but we're going to only get an hour sermon, okay? So go with me to James 1. Here we go. I know it's on the screen, but I want you to know that I'm reading from my Bible. That's why I do it, okay? James 1.1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings, greetings, Ooh, there's a lot in there, isn't it? Jude, verses 1 and 2. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Three verses. There's so much in there, right? You're supposed to say, yes, right? There's a lot packed in there. Trust me, there is, and here we go. I want to answer three questions today. Three questions we're going to answer today. First one, who were James and John? Secondly, who did they write to? And then thirdly, how did they greet those they wrote to? We're going to go through three questions, and there they are. If you want to write them down, you can. But you see, James, let's talk about James first a servant of God and of Jesus Christ. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ. These men were servants of Jesus. The Greek word is doulos. It means slave. The word doulos, a slave, the rightful property of his master, slave of Jesus Christ, and as such he belongs to him. They belong to him. To Jesus, their half-brother. African-American New Testament commentator Larry George wrote, As a slave, Jude volunteered his service as Jesus' bondservant, or doulos. A bondservant's work was one of love and devotion, which means that he possessed the passion to help the churches maintain their hope and faith in Jesus' coming. These two men were doulasses, slaves of Jesus. They belonged to Jesus. Wow. That's the first. Who were they? They were servants, slaves of Jesus Christ. Secondly, they're brothers. Did you catch what Jude said? Jude, servant of Jesus Christ, and the brother of James. So we know James and Jude are brothers, but they were also half-brothers of Jesus. Jude states that. And we also learn that in Mark and Matthew. Here's what Mark and Matthew write for us. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Talking about Jesus. Isn't, this mother, isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Another form of Jude these two men grew up with Jesus. Remember the question earlier? Have you ever wondered about growing up as a sibling of Jesus? These two men probably had a lot to say. John 2:12 mentions that he stayed with his mother, brothers and disciples in Capernaum for a few days. James and Jude spend time with Jesus. They were there. They probably knew what he was doing. But then this, what John writes in John chapter 7, verse 5, this is their response to Jesus and what he was doing. Listen to this. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. They grew up with Jesus. They probably heard the stories of his birth and what was announced to Mary and the shepherds. They probably heard it. They're seeing what Jesus is doing, but John writes, for even his own brothers, James and Jude and the rest of them, didn't believe in Jesus. So they were brothers. But we just mentioned they were slaves of Jesus Christ. They didn't believe, but they turned to believe in Jesus, their half brother. Thirdly, they were men of humility. So they were servants, slaves of Jesus. They were brothers, but they were men of humility. Here's why. At some point in their lives, they become believers. They become followers of Jesus. Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians, that Jesus appeared to James after his resurrection. James was a leader in the Jerusalem church and an associate of the apostles. Even though Jude is not mentioned in the book of Acts, other than the references that I mentioned in the Gospels, he's not mentioned in Acts. And only by his letter that he wrote we know of the Jude and his name. But he's grouped in with his brothers. But why does humility characterize these two men? Here's why. Being a brother of Jesus was not on the top of their list of credentials. They didn't say, I'm a brother of Jesus. They could have started their letter that way. James, a brother of Jesus. Jude, a brother of Jesus. I grew up with Jesus. They didn't do that. Secondly, they called themselves slaves of Jesus Christ. And what was a slave? You belong to the Master. You belong They belong to Jesus, nobody else. One writer said, James knew it was his spiritual, not physical, relationship that counted. And another writer writes this about Jude, what is valuable to Jude is his spiritual relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. They could have put on their list, I was a half-brother of Jesus. I grew up with him. But they didn't. They were men of humility. Hear what Jesus said about being connected to Him by human relationships. Jesus Himself said this. Go back to Mark. Mark chapter 3. Jesus says this, okay? And we're also going to go to Luke for a couple verses. But Mark chapter 3, verses 31 to 35. When you read this, Sometimes it's like, how could Jesus do that? But you'll understand why. Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call Jesus. A crowd was sitting around Jesus, and they told Jesus, Your mother and brothers are outside, looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers? Jesus asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Now, if I was inside, and somebody comes in here and says, Keith, your brother and your sister and your mother's outside, I'm going to go outside and meet them. That's just my nature. But Jesus said, Nope. Whoever's right here, That's my family. Okay, James and Jude were probably like, come on, what? They didn't mention that in their letters. Jesus didn't even talk to us when we said we wanted to. And listen to this in Luke 11. Would that shock you if, you know, you're outside calling for your your brother and he didn't come out and he's like, I don't even know them. They're not my brothers and sisters and mother. Here's what he says about Mary Luke 11:27 and 28 This is even more shocking because it's his own mother As Jesus was saying these things a woman in the crowd called out Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you Jesus replied Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it Don't call my mother blessed Whoever obeys God's word those are the blessed You're going to get a lot of that in James, the letter. You hear it, and you obey it. That's what we're going to learn. So, human relationships to Jesus didn't matter. What was the most important thing? The spiritual relationship that you have with Jesus, with God. These men, James and Jude, were servants of Jesus. They were brothers, yes, but they were men of humility. Now, who did they write to? Okay, Who did they write to? James writes to Jewish Christians scattered among the nations. Throughout the book of James, he calls them brothers and sisters. They are fellow believers and followers of Jesus. Jude writes to Christians. It doesn't have a specific group. It just says to those who are called and kept by Jesus, here we go, you are saved people. I'm going to write to you wherever you are. This is how I summed it up about Jude. No specific group is named to those who have been transformed and raised to new life in Christ. That's who I'm writing to. These two letters were not just written for early Christians. Who's it written for as well? For us today. It's for our benefit. James and Jude didn't write letters just for the Christians then. It was preserved. It has been preserved for us. We can go to James and Jude and learn and grow in our faith and how we walk and produce fruit. So they write to Christians everywhere. Pretty simple. Then you get to the greeting. So these were men of humility. They belonged to Jesus They're brothers and they're writing to Christians to encourage them to walk and live out their faith. And then if you write a letter, you usually have a greeting, right? How you doing? You know? What's James's greeting? What does it say? It just says Greetings Not much of a greeting. So James just says greetings. He doesn't offer anything else. When I was sitting at my desk, I just wrote, this is just a hello, or a dear, or to whom it may concern. You know, when you don't know what to write, you just say, to whom it may concern. I think that's what James is doing here. He knows who he's writing to, but he's just saying, greetings to you. Hello. Jude, however, what does he say? He adds a little more, doesn't he? Jude says, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Some of your translations may be be multiplied to you. Who says that? What translation? Anybody have that one? Be multiplied to you. Okay. Jude's greeting is much more extensive than James's. It's much more personal, I think. He knows them. He's saying, this is what I want to leave with you. I want to start with this. Mercy, God's compassion, or the overriding blessing of God towards his people, a writer I read this week said. Peace, I said it before, but true peace only comes from Jesus, from God. And true peace is a gift, I believe. Love, commentator Edwin Bloom said, God's generosity in granting us His favors and meeting our needs. So Jude says, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance, not just a little bit, but abundance. Have you ever had an abundance of things or too much of something? I don't think you can have too much mercy, too much peace, too much love. It just can keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. Just bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. That's what Jude is saying to his readers. Jude's desire for the Christians he is writing to is for them to experience these things from God. Okay? One writer said, it's not just an addition problem. One plus one, plus one, plus one. It's like a multiplication problem. Okay? It's multiplying by hundreds, by thousands, by millions. Do you want to see that in this church? Mercy and peace and love just being multiplied and multiplied. Do you want to see that? Do you want to see it in the community around us? With other churches that we know? Do you want to see it just multiply? So that people will see and believe in Jesus. They're like, what's different about them? They're so peaceful. They're, they're, They're merciful They're they're loving. And why do we do those things? Because why? Because God's love has been poured out on us. God's mercy has been poured out on us. God's peace is in us. The Message Bible says it like this. Relax. Everything's going to be all right. Rest. Everything's coming together. Open your hearts. Love is on the way. Now this week, I did a lot of relaxing, I did a lot of resting, but there's just something about opening your heart, and love is on the way. I need you experiencing more love, or showing more love. So I was challenged on that, even t- right now I'm challenged. So, we answered three questions, right? Who were James and Jude? They were servants of Jesus. They were brothers, but they were men of humility. Who did they write to? Christians. Believers, followers of Jesus. James wrote to the scattered Christians. James or Jude doesn't give a specific group, but he, they're Christians, they're followers of Jesus. How did they greet those? James just said hello, basically. But Jude, mercy, peace, love yours in abundance? So we answered these questions. As we continue in our journey in the coming weeks, I don't know how long we're going to be in James and Jude, okay? I don't know. We could be in James and Jude for the rest of the year, but we're going to learn from James and Jude and what they wrote, and I want you to remember these two things. In the Strive Study Bible I have on my shelf, it says these things about James and Jude. The central theme of James is this. Our faith determines our actions and attitudes. The central theme of Jude, we have been given the responsibility to defend God's truth and pass it on to others. So remember those as we study James and Jude. James, very practical. And if you read through James, Jesus Christ's name is only mentioned twice, but it's full of stuff that we need to live out. Remember, he's writing to Christians so they know about Jesus. They know that they're following Jesus, but James is saying, you can do it. Jude is writing to Christians, and he's writing some serious things. I mentioned earlier, a writer said, Some beliefs are wrong and some beliefs are right. That's what Jude's all about. Do we live in a world that some people say, you can believe whatever you want? It's okay. I thought about that at my desk. It seems like people can believe anything and you can't tell them, well, that's wrong. Jude's going to help us. Jude's going to open our eyes about how to live and respond to beliefs that we hear. James, very practical. How to live out your faith. So today, we know who these people are. These two men, James and Jude. We have their letters. So let's do what the psalmist said lead us into righteousness o lord make your path straight before us as we study these two letters final question for you i love questions today's about questions do you know jesus as your lord and savior let it sink in for a minute do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If so, if you've answered yes, be challenged today to live out your faith, producing good fruit, so people can recognize you as a follower of Jesus. Remember the purple, or the not purple this time, the peach piece of paper? I left mine somewhere back there. You can't put your name on it. What would you put on it? James and Jude would not have put brother of Jesus. They would have wrote slave of Jesus or a humble servant of Jesus or follower of Jesus. What would you put on that piece of paper after hearing this message? Do you know Jesus as your Savior? If you don't, recognize your need for a Savior. Repent of your sin. We're all sinners. Repent of your sin. Confess Jesus as Lord and Savior like James and Jude did. Remember? John wrote, His brothers did not believe in Jesus. Jesus. Jesus raises from the dead. He appears to many people, including James, his half-brother. James becomes a pillar of the church in Jerusalem, pens this letter to Christians scattered because of the persecution to encourage them, you can do it. I didn't believe at first, but this is what I know to be true, and I'm going to live out my faith. James didn't believe but he did after Jesus rose from the dead and then what happens you're saying Lord I'm, I want you to be my savior I confess that and what do we do we go get dumped right and what does that say we're dead to sin and we don't stay dead we come up And we're raised to a new life. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. So that we can live faithfully to Jesus and for Jesus. On what path? The straight path that leads to life. James, Jude did that. I know I made that commitment. I know most of you made that commitment. I see it. I I experience the fruit that you do, that you produce. But there may be someone here that doesn't know Jesus. God knows your heart. If I could see people's hearts, I would be scared. I'd be, no, I don't want to see it, you know. I'm glad God has that job. But if you don't, please, Jesus is calling you today. Going back to the Not a Fan book, chapter 15, Kyle Eidelman writes this. You have been given a new identity in Christ. My prayer is that you would understand who you are in Christ Now go live it out. Pray with me today. God, thank you so much for the time and your word this morning. Just learning about James and Jude and the start of their letters that we have in our Bibles. Help us to study it, to learn and grow from these two letters these two men that, were, that grew up with Jesus, but they didn't put that on the top of their list as who they were. Help us to learn from Him and grow from these two letters in the coming weeks, however long that may take. Thank you for everyone that has heard this message here in person and those online listening even at this very moment. I pray that you would Fill this place with mercy, love, and peace in abundance. That the community around us will say, there is something different about that church, about that family. Thank you for James and Jude giving us these letters and how it has been preserved for us today. And going back to what the angels said to the shepherds, this news will cause great joy for all people. Jesus, the Savior, the Lord, has been born. Call him name His name Jesus, because what He will save His people from their sins. And God, you can only save. We can't save ourselves, and we thank you for the mercy, the grace, the love that you've shown to us. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.